0: Hey, good morning, my friends. We are uh, going to continue our walk on the dark side of Route 66. We're going to be uh, visiting Foyle, Oklahoma. Excuse me, Foss, Oklahoma this morning. And uh, Foss isn't quite a ghost town, but it's close. Hey, good morning. How are you doing today, sir? On September 20th, uh, 2013, the Oklahoma Highway Patrol was testing new sonar equipment at Foss Lake. Well, to their surprise, they spotted two cars about 50 feet from the end of a boat ramp and only about 12 feet of water. Side by side, during the initial recovery of the cars, those involved believed they were stolen. But... Six sets of skeletal remains, three in each vehicle, changed the scope of their investigation and it put FOSS on the map. Literally, made headlines throughout the country. The investigation solved cold case mysteries that had puzzled area residents for decades and raised an array of questions. Ah, uh, Today's program... Is sponsored in part by the Uranus Fudge Company and General Store near St. Robert, Missouri, and now their new location in Anderson, Indiana. Uh, I discovered this story about Foss when I was working on my book, Murder and Mayhem on the main street of america tales from bloody 66 was one of the more intriguing stories i have found uh well i found several this one really uh even though the cases were supposed to be solved it, it, it raised more questions than it answered in my opinion let's first i'll give you a little background short something short about foss one step away from becoming a ghost town the first manifestation of Foss was named for J.M. Foss, former postmaster in Cordell, Oklahoma, on Turkey Creek north of the present site. It vanished in a flood on May 2, 1902, and uh, the town and the people relocated to a higher ground. The residents rebuilt the town at the heart of a vast area of rich farmland. By 1912, Foss was a prosperous, and a substantial district that included two banks, a cotton gin, uh, several merchandise stores, a newspaper, a wagon works, a machine shop, drug stores, a bakery, broom factory, and even an opera house. At its peak, the population was near 1,000 people. The development of nearby Clinton and Elk City as rail and supply centers was the first blow to the town's stability, By 1920, the population had plummeted to just 348 people. Providing services to motorists on Route 66 partially stemmed the decline, but that was a short-lived reprieve as collapsing agricultural prices and the drought that fueled the Dust Bowl spurred an exodus. Notes by Jack Rittenhouse, published in his 1946 guidebook, are brief. They indicate a garage, a cafe, and a gas station at a highway junction none of those businesses are any longer in operation there was a brief moment in the early 1950s with the establishment of an air force facility in nearby burns flat it appeared that foss might experience a renaissance however the closure of the base and the bypass of route 66 by i-40 sent the old town into a downward spiral and in 1977 the last bank closed Well, now let's get to our missing persons report and our tale of murder and mayhem. The uh, cars discovered in the lake. One, the 69 Chevy Camaro, contained the remains of Jimmy Allen Williams, who was 16 years old when he disappeared, Leah Gayle Johnson, 18, and Thomas Michael Reyes, 18, They were all from Sayre, Oklahoma. The second car was a 1952 Chevrolet and it contained the remains of John Alva Porter, 69 years old, former rodeo rider from Elk City, Oklahoma, Clayburn Hammock, 42 from Sayre, Oklahoma, and Norma Marie Duncan, 58 from Canute, Oklahoma. All had lived in the Route 66 communities, The official cause of death for the six victims was ruled drowning. Now, you know, I got to ask myself, you got three young people. You got uh, these other folks. One was a rodeo rider, even though he was getting up in a few years. No one escaped from these cars. I find that a little uh, unnerving. Yeah, that was the official cause of death, but the announcement did little to quell suspicions in Sayre and surrounding communities. The deceased had been at the center of a mystery fueled by more than 40 years of speculation, rumor, and accusation. Williams and his friends had vanished in November of 1970. Porter and his party had vanished in 1969. In an interview after the cars were discovered, Porter's granddaughter, Debbie Porter McMannon said, quote, there was no trace at all. My grandpa just left his house. Claiborne left his job. Nora left her home. They were just simply gone. A road into the park leads to a boat ramp, and police speculate that in the darkness, the drivers of both cars had simply missed the turn into the parking lot and driven directly into the lake. Inconclusive evidence, such as beer bottles in the car, indicated that alcohol might have been a factor. But doesn't that sound a little suspicious to you? I'm not, uh you know, poo-pooing the official verdict, but I'm just saying, man, that seems suspicious. Two cars, six people, they drive out into the lake and everybody drowns. When the Oklahoma State Medical Examiner's Office concluded their investigation a year after recovering the bodies, the official verdict that these were accidents was not accepted by everyone in the communities. There were simply too many questions left unanswered, including why the Camaro was facing toward the boat ramp, as though it had been backed into the lake and with porter's car this driver's door was open at the time of discovery how's that for kind of a a dark chapter in route 66 history a lot of unsolved stories out there we're going to track down a few more uh next wednesday morning 6 30 mount standard time we're going to have another tale from the dark side of uh route 66 And then Sunday morning is our travel program, Coffee with Jim, 7 o'clock Mountain Standard Time. These are interactive programs. Feel free to call in or chime in, and we will try to respond and answer. Uh, The Jim Hinckley's America website has been revamped. You can find a full schedule of programs there, as well as... Uh, my schedule for appearances and presentations. Hey, I want to thank everybody who joined us for this morning. Do we have any questions, anything I can answer for you regarding the uh, mystery in FOSS? Or do you have a bit of a mystery to share this morning? Uh, if not, I want to give a shout out to uh, Louis Keane, the uh, quote, mayor of Uranus, Missouri. Uh, The one-stop shop for all kinds of juvenile humor and, well, just good old family, fashion family fun, miniature golf, uh, great food, great fudge, great fun roadside stop, quintessential roadside attraction. My friends, that's about it for today, but uh, until we meet again, via Condillos, me amigos. On Sunday mornings, uh, episode of Coffee with Jim, 7 o'clock Mount Standard Time, we're going to be taking a look at the Los Angeles metropolitan area and the Route 66 corridor. Next Wednesday on Wake Up with Jim, we'll be talking about the Central Park Gang in Oklahoma. And it was a spawning ground for some of the most vicious Depression-era gangsters. Uh... I think you're going to find that story kind of interesting. Hey, until we meet again, my friends. Adios, mi amigos.